Well, greetings and welcome. It is Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I'm Jerry Usher, along with Debbie Giorgiani, and as we always say, and you, you are the one who drives the program about 99% of the time, but every now and then we have a pre-recorded show with very special guests we are just happy to feature, and that is what we have for you today. So we're going to invite you to um, not call in, but definitely stay tuned in, because we're going to be talking about some very important things to uh, the spiritual life, things going on in the church, a beautiful devotion to the Holy Face. You may not have ever heard about that. We're going to be talking about that and so much more, Debbie. We, we've got a, an action-packed program here. I love these pre-recorded broadcasts because we bring on such amazing guests that have um, certain areas they have been devoted to. And it's it's wonderful because our Take-Two family learns and uh, we grow together. And it is, it's fabulous, Jerry. And we're going to be talking about one of your favorite saints today, St. Saint Francis de Sales. We are, yeah, among other topics. So, again, it is great to have you listening today. Sit this one out on the phones, but definitely soak up what we are going to be hearing about from Father Lawrence Carney. Father Carney was ordained for the Diocese of Wichita on May 26th in 2007. He served in the diocese for six years before accepting the position of chaplain of the Benedictines in May of 2013. Father Carney is a street preacher, a parish missionary, a retreat and conference director, as well as the director of the League of St. Martin, and he is the author of The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society from Tan Books. And we're going to get into that with Father Carney along with a lot of other things. Father, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't uh, notify you and let you know I wanted to ask this question, but Debbie and I are so big on vocations. Could you give us the two to three minute version of your own call to holy orders and, and the priesthood there in, in the diocese and now for the Benedictines? Sure, Jerry, Debbie. So I was six years old and a priest gave each of us in the kindergarten class uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help card, and he explained it, and he said, children, hold the card out and move the card back and forth and look at her eyes. She's always there to help you. And at six years old, I saw real eyes, and the inspiration to be a priest came, because if a priest can make card have real eyes pop out, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a priest. So that's how I got my call to be a priest. And then I was a priest for six years, and the Benedictines of Mary invited me to be their chaplain, and I said, no, I'm happy to be home in my diocese of Wichita, Kansas. Then a year later, I went on a sabbatical, did a Camino in Spain for 32 days, walked 500 miles in my cassock, and people started coming up and talking to me. Then I went back to the States and was looking for a place to land to be a priest, and they invited me again. I said, yes, I'll be your chaplain if I can walk the streets of some city. And so I became their chaplain and walked the streets of St. Joseph, Missouri for five years, street preaching. Beautiful. Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> wow. What Go a ahead, story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you still have that um, Our Lady of Perpetual Help uh, card, Father? I'm just curious. I, I, I have seen it lately. I'm not sure if it's the, the one that I had when I was six, because I can't, my memory doesn't serve me very well <laughs> since the time I got that card, and but I, I've never forgot what happened, mm. and I was talking to a mystic today, and she said, that's, that's, a, that's a vision when you have something that you'll never forget, and I forgot pretty much everything about kindergarten, except we would have graham crackers and milk about the middle of the, uh, the morning, and we would lay down on a little mat that we brought and sleep for five minutes. But that was 
other than that, in the car, that's about all I can remember. I don't mm-hmm. think I have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. Cool. That, that is that is cool. <laughs> okay, so I, I want I have to ask you this only because when Jerry um, shared at the introduction that you were ordained in the Diocese of Wichita, Kansas in two thousand and seven, I'm just curious, did you did did you work under Bishop Olmstead? He's our retired bishop here at, at in Phoenix. Oh, you're in Phoenix. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bishop Olmsted sent me to the seminary, and he was our bishop for about, oh, four years before he got sent your way. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. and, and then I yeah. came back to Phoenix a few times, and one day I was walking around the city, I was taking a little vacation, and I thought, you know, Bishop Olmsted's around here, so I went up to the chancery, and I talked to the lady behind the window, and I said, you know, this is... I'm Father Carney, and Bishop Olmsted sent me to the seminary. Do you mind if I write a note to say hello? And she called the secretary and told me, no, the bishop wants to see you now. So I went up to his office, and I said, Bishop, thank you for having me. I just want you to pray for my discernment and just give me your blessing. So that's Bishop Olmsted, and oh, great, oh, yes. just a great prelate, just a great oh. prelate. Absolutely. And he's he's been on the show and he has always supported our ministry from the very beginning. Um, as a matter of fact, when Jerry and I first uh, decided to um, uh, work together on Take Two, uh, we, we had a, a celebration in Phoenix. And we, do you remember that, Jerry? And we had that beautiful oh, yeah. picture taken with Bishop Olmstead. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. All right. Well, Father Carney, we have a lot that we're going to get into. We do have a break coming up in about a minute and a half. So we'll kind of wait until we get back from the break to dive into the material about, you know, the, the, the signature set from 10 books uh, on, of St. Francis of Sales. I know you're very uh, fond of him, especially uh, one of his, uh, one of the four volumes in that series. And you have, uh, you have authored a book too, that I think is very, very important for us to get into. And that is The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save society. So mm-hmm. we are looking forward to getting into all of this. And Debbie, uh, again, this is one of those rare opportunities for our listeners when we just give them the day off. Uh, they usually mm-hmm. are the ones who drive the show. Father, we always say it's take two with Jerry and Debbie and you to our listeners because it, it really is a unique uh, really a unique radio show. Don't you think, Deb? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And the pre-recorded broadcasts, Father, are are wonderful for our listeners just to, to learn together. That's what we're journeying as the mystical body of Christ. And then we want to uh, definitely get a little closer to God every time we listen to take two and, and learn something. So we're, we're looking forward to jumping right in um, on the other side of this break and uh, to the uh, secret of the Holy face, uh, that devotion, which I am, I am very big on actually. Uh, and Jerry St. Francis de Sales, you talk about that great saint all the time on take two. I do, yeah, and both of these uh, areas that we're going to be getting into with Father Carney are very, very important to us. St. Francis de Sales called The Gentle Giant, The Doctor of Charity, and uh, Father's own book, uh, The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. That's a little wetting your appetite there, folks. We're going to get into that and so much more with Father Lawrence Carney. He is a chaplain of the Benedictines and became that in 2013 in May. Street preacher, parish missionary, retreat and conference director, and also the director of the League of St. Martin. Stay with us. So glad you're listening to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie today. This is a pre-recorded broadcast. We'll get back with our discussion with um, 
Father Carney in just a moment. I wanted to share with our Take Two family, Jerry, um, EWTN's National Catholic Register is America's most trusted Catholic news source with a comprehensive view of the world from a Catholic perspective. Give a gift subscription or subscribe for yourself and save, I love that, save up to 42%. Visit ncregister.com today and you can receive daily um, and weekly alert emails from the register. All you have to do is visit EWTN.com and click on subscribe. But visit ncregister.com today. Um, It's very important you stay up to speed on what's going on in the Catholic world. Uh, Jerry, I I so, (laughs) you know how I count on um, National Catholic Register. But um, if it's okay with you, Jerry, let's dive right in because, Father, I hear all the time on Take Two, Jerry constantly mentions St. Francis de Sales. And so what got you interested in the life and writings of St. Francis de Sales, a great saint? Well, what interested me was he was a street preacher when he was newly ordained. And we talk about the new evangelization, and I think he did it 400 years ago when he went to the city of Chabla in Switzerland at the time. Now it's France. And there were 72,000 people who had left the Catholic Church and became Calvinists. And there were only 27 Catholics left out of 72,000. And he went in there, being the doctor of charity, and walked around the streets and and won the people over by his love of God. And 72,000 Calvinists became Catholic at the end of his four-year assignment there. And so I love the idea of priests becoming in persona Christi, as our Lord walked around in his three years of public ministry, and just talk to the people, and that's how he started the Church. And so I really find that that's beautiful, and really I think that's what adds to what he, when he writes, is he pulls from the, that, that, you know, direct experience of evangelization. That's why I have fallen in love. And then he's just a spiritual giant. He's a doctor of the Church, and he's so gentle, so his readings are so good, especially for people that are suffering through anxiety or depression. He, he writes in such a consoling way. I, I can't remember, somebody said he's like uh, another uh, gospel writer, because he's so eloquent, like the Holy Spirit's guiding him. Yeah. Well, and there, a, a new signature series on St. Francis de Sales is put out by 10 books, and the volumes in the series are Introduction to the Devout Life, Consoling Thoughts, those are uh, thoughts that express his love for suffering souls and giving them solace, and the exhortation to continue, a volume of his sermons, and I know the one titled The Catholic Controversy, which you are especially fond of, but let's start with Introduction to the Devout Life, Father. I remember in my own spiritual journey, um, gosh, it's been 20 years or so, Ago. I used to I used to read uh, portions of that uh, book every day, and it really is, it's almost like a really simple and yet deep roadmap for people to follow to, to really grow in love of Christ. Talk about the introduction to the devout life for a moment. Yeah, there's a chapter he's got on the Holy Mass and how to hear it. And like you said, it's, it's just practical. And it, it's always good to remind it of how to hear the Mass. 
because there's so many graces coming from it. So he explains how that happens. And then he goes into other details, like the invocation of a saint. You know, it's, saints have a personality, and when we fly to them, you know, they, they love to be called upon to be intercessory. He, he writes about how to hear the, and read the Word of God, how to receive inspirations, and how to go to confession, and frequent communion, because in his time, people were living through Jansenism, which was a heresy that said, I'm not good enough to receive God's mercy. I have to work harder at it. Therefore, I'm not worthy to receive communion. So him and, like, St. Alphonse Gory, who was a little bit later than him, were writing already about receiving communion daily. And then finally, St. Pius X gave that to us, where children can receive communion at the age of reason and, and every day in the state of grace. So it's just, I recommend this book as one of the requirements for spiritual reading when they come to take direction from me. Um, and some people can be afraid of it, but it's really just uh, a simple and practical, explains things so clearly, uh, kind of how to start in a spiritual life on the right foot and not to develop any bad habits. This book really helps one from that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a manual, like just to stay balanced in your spiritual life. Is that, am I, am I understanding that correctly, Father? Yeah, there's a chapter on propriety and dress. So mm-hmm. let your modesty be known to the world. And he even talks about how we should have conversations, uh, conversations uh, with God, with other people, and modesty in conversation, and becoming reverent. So reverence is a big topic we might talk about later with the League mm-hmm. of St. Martin, but reverence is so important to respect the Godhead, of course, but to respect the God that's dwelling in, in each human. So, and he speaks about rash judgment. The, you know, interference is something that is said by exorcists. The devil's trying to interfere in the spiritual life. And he has a chapter on how the devil tries to insinuate rash judgments of our, of our neighbor and of our brother and how to overcome that. He speaks about detraction. You know, before I began a spiritual life, I thought we could talk about the truth of the faults of others. But there's a thing called detraction where there's truths about people that shouldn't be revealed, and that's to be distinguished from calumny, which is saying lies about people. So just because it's true doesn't mean we need to say something about somebody that really murks their character. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I have to ask another question, because you, you said it, Father, you said when you, I, I believe you said when people come to you for spiritual direction, you, re, you, you recommend this book, right? And, and then you said that people may be a, um, a little apprehensive in, in reading it or afraid or hesitant. Why is that, Father? Just because they don't know about this great saint? Yeah, that's, that's part of it. We as Catholics, in my opinion, we need to read more. And I think the strategy of the enemy is to get us never to do any spiritual reading. So I encourage people, if you haven't really done much of any spiritual reading, like five or ten minutes a day of solid spiritual reading, ask God for the gift to be able 
not only one to begin reading, but two to be able to glean truth from it. And then once you break through that introduction of anxiety that the devil puts out there, you're going to see how beneficial it is and how fruitful it is. And you will, people will become so fired up with the love of God once they read people like St. Uh, Alphonsus Liguori, St. Francis de Sales, and other doctors, which St. Louis de Montfort, for example. That's, you know, when people do meditation, 15 minutes a day minimum, you know, maybe a holy hour, it's the spiritual reading that really fuels that. It's like putting kindling wood on a fire. You want to get stoked. If you never do any spiritual reading, it's very hard to have an interior life. Hmm. Our guest here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie is Father Lawrence Carney. He is a, a chaplain for a community of Benedictines, originally ordained for the Diocese of Wichita in 2007. Um, no, no calls today. It is a pre-recorded broadcast. What we're talking about right now, some of the, of the writings of St. Francis de Sales, and we won't wait too much longer, Father, to get into the League of St. Martin and your beautiful book on the, the secret of the Holy Face. But I just wanted to quickly... You know, as a follow-up to what you were just saying, um, I try and spend some time in prayer every day. And I remember, like I said, years ago, I was I was going through Introduction to the Devout Life. And you, you mentioned, you know, some people are kind of afraid. And I, I think, you know, some people are maybe a little bit uh, afraid of what it's going to require of them, what it's going to ask of them. And I recently have started reading In Conversation with God in my spiritual reading. <laughs> you talk about, you know, being challenged and, and, you know, really a little apprehensive. I make myself read it every day, Father, but I'm still, there are still those days I go, do I really want to hear what he's going to say right now? So, but, but there's a certain, like you said, we grow in hunger for these things once we immerse ourselves in them. Is that kind of what you were saying a minute ago? Yeah, like I tell people, the first step is always the hardest one, but that's halfway getting to the other step. And God starts to take over once we begin to be generous with our time and generous with being docile to the providence of God. People are afraid to give up their will to God. But once they do it, God rewards them handsomely. You were, I think you mentioned this before we started the, the taping, Father, that your favorite uh, book in this uh, four-volume set put out by Tan Books, uh, it's called the St. Francis de Sales Signature Set. It's got the Introduction to the Devout Life, Consoling Thoughts, a book of his sermons, and what you mentioned was the one that really you're fond of especially, and that is The Catholic Controversy. Please uh, uh, kind of take us inside the covers of that book a little bit. Sure. So... On September the 14th, in 1594, uh, St. Francis de Sales, with his cousin, Canna Lewis, they entered into the city, and they entrusted the diocese to the guardian angel of the diocese. And there's even a picture of that, and there's an angel in the picture. Now, he was not welcome because this was a hostile area, because the Protestants were uh, fighting against Catholicism. So some nights he spent in a hayloft, and one night he went up to a tree to escape some wolves, and he tied himself to a branch so he would not fall off in the sleep uh, while he was sleeping. And some people found him the next morning and took him down, and he was uh, prone to cold and sickness. So that just tells you the metal, uh, the 
fervor that he had, and he was about 29 when he did this. In the first month, there were only a few conversions. Um, his preaching often met with jeers and stones uh, being thrown at him, but when his preaching was frustrated, he turned a pamphlet, and he slipped these under the doors. At first, they were handwritten, and then they were printed, and these pamphlets uh, became the Catholic controversy. Um, and they go remarkably straight to the point, because imagine, he's pretty much just roaming around the city, sleeping in barns, even sleeping in a tree to escape wolves, and he's writing these pamphlets because he had such a love of these souls to come back to the Church so they can go to Heaven. And so these pamphlets then get codified into a book, and it's such a beautiful volume. Pope Pius IX in 1877 said, this book is full and complete demonstration of the Catholic religion. So not only do we have this fervent soul, saving souls, you know, charity and action, but it also brings this dogma of the Catholic Church to these souls in Shablah, so when we read that, we're reading the fervent spirit of this missionary soul for the new evangelization, which is reversion, which is a fancy word for people coming back to the Church. And he's the master of the new evangelization. This book also continues with the rules of faith. What does it mean to believe as a Catholic? And he speaks eloquently about things like Holy Scripture, apostolic traditions, the authority of the Church, the councils, the ancient fathers, you know, the authority of the Pope, and miracles, harmony with faith and reason. So I want to stop for a minute and just mention about miracles. He said to the Calvinists, where does your mission come from? Does it come from God immediately, or is there a mediator? Is there someone who sent you? And if it comes from God immediately, there needs to be miracles. Where are your miracles? and they didn't have any show. So that's part of how he encouraged the people to love God was, was by the truth in a way that was eloquent. Yeah, so you so he was his preaching style to speak the truth in love, but he didn't he didn't compromise, right? Father, it sounds like he was very, you know, he knew how everything is supposed to be set up God's way, and so but but yet he was he was not going to shy away from speaking the truth, but it's it sounds like you said with his gentle spirit, he was able to connect uh, soul to soul. Do I do I kind of grab that correct or what? Yes. Yes. Souls can see consistency. They're moved with someone who perseveres in the goal at hand. So he would not give up. He would not compromise the faith. And so that was endearing to the people, because they saw, okay, there's a certain love that he has for us. He's willing to suffer to give us the gift of the truth. And so that's what spurred their hearts on to come back in a, a crop of seven. 2,000 reversions. Now, after, when he first started, it wasn't until two years that he tried to offer his first public Mass. So imagine, there had not been any Mass for 60 years, and he tried to say his first Mass, which went well, and then he tried to do the Ashes for Ash Wednesday, which is coming up here soon, 
But this didn't work out too well. He was threatened with prison and death, and he had to escape by running out of a door. Father, hold that thought just for one second. This is, I want to hear the, uh, the culmination of this account that you're sharing, and then we're going to get into uh, The League of St. Martin, your beautiful book on the devotion to the Holy Face. Father Lawrence Carney with us. It's a taped show today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. And we thank you for listening to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. We couldn't do the show any day, especially when we have taped, pre-recorded shows without our producer, Ace McKay. And, of course, Jeff Burson normally is on social media. Matt Gibensky is part of the show team. And, of course, you, the Take-Two family. But today we're giving you the invitation to just really just kick back and relax. We're not taking calls because it is a taped show. But we have our, as our guest, Father Lawrence Carney, who's a chaplain to a Benedictine monastery. And he has been talking about St. Francis de Sales. We're going to shift gears, Father, and get into some really important stuff, I think, regarding the book that you've written. But just take us back to finish that thought you were you were sharing about. There hadn't been a, a public mass for like, I think he said 60 years, and St. Francis de Sales tries to do a, a, a public mass, and you were starting to unfold that for us. So continue. Yeah, so he was giving out the ashes. And of course, that's a public sign of being Catholic. So the, the people weren't ready yet. He was only two years in his mission and the great conversions didn't happen until four years into it. So basically, he had to run for his life, and he escaped an open door. So he persevered, and he started to do the 40 hours. So he would have exposition for 40 hours at a church, and he would process from one church to another um, in the third year of his mission. And at first, there were like 100 people that would come and then 500 people, and then people started to get curious, and they saw this great crowd of people walking behind the Holy Eucharist, and there was 20,000 following. So you see how these, how bringing the sacred into the world really helped these people to come back to their Catholic roots. And then I can end on this. There was uh, an infant that had just died, and he was right around, and the mother said, please pray for the, the little child. And he prayed, and he restored the life of the infant. So that was the last straw uh, from holding back the rest of the people from becoming Catholic. So everyone in the whole city became Catholic after his four-year mission. What a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> bishop. Amazing. Okay, that is amazing. I was sharing with... Um, with you, Father, and Jerry, and Ace McKay, our wonderful producer, who put this uh, great uh, um, interview together, that I, I'm kind of a little bit embarrassed, actually, because I Jerry knows I'm a big follower of, of many saints. I have like this whole go-to saint, you know, library at my house, and uh, and I was never really that, I didn't know that much about St. Francis de Sales, but I'll tell you, after hearing the passion in your voice and how... Uh, strong you feel about his ministry work. I'm definitely getting this set, um, this signature set, because I think this is, is, would you, you know, I know it's a cliche, but would you consider it like a spiritual game changer? Yeah, I think you want to be friends with St. Francis de Sales. You want to be adopted as a spiritual child, because he was so powerful when he lived. And to read his four volumes in this beautiful signature set put out by Tan, 
cannot do you any harm. It's only going to do you a lot of good. Amen. I love it. I can't wait. Well, we got to shift gears, Father, because, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, the four-volume set from Tana, uh, written by St. Francis de Sales. But, you know, you yourself, you are an author, and you have written a wonderful book called The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. And I know you're the director also of the League of St. Martin. So let's start with the League of St. Martin. Tell us, you know, what that is, what it tries to accomplish. Then we can get into discussing the, I think, very vital contents of your book. Oh, sure. So... The League of St. Martin is a pious association of the faithful, and we promote enrollment in the Arch Confraternity of Holy Faith and enrollment in the Confraternity of the Rosary. And our three aims are reparation, reverence, and reversion. So we just talked about reversion. So uh, St. Martin, uh, is that he's, he was the bishop in Tours in the 4th century, and he was a Roman soldier who cut half of his cape and gave it to the naked man, because Roman soldiers paid for half of their uniform, and the empire paid for the other. So he cut his portion and gave it to the naked man, and he told the general that he's not going to serve anymore in the army, because he's going to become a soldier of Christ. So he went to St. Hilary, and became a catechumenate, and then he became a deacon and an exorcist, and then finally he was made a bishop, and he, he, he brought three people back to life, and he's a great confessor, uh, being in that Holy See of Tours, France. And so November 11th is a feast day, and my birthday's November 11th, and we really promote the Holy Face devotion because the devotion of the Holy Faith was revealed to a sister, Saint, our sister Marie uh, of Saint Pierre in Tours, France, in the 1840s. And Jesus was telling her about a future revolution against God and his church, um, and how humanity is offending the Father by the sins of blasphemy and of and, and, uh, profanation of Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. So there's a series of revelations that Jesus told Sister Mary St. Peter of how we can combat this revolution. This revolution includes revolutionary men like Freemasons and Communists, because Jesus actually calls them out. But what's interesting, the main point of this whole uh, arch confraternity, the Holy Faith, is Jesus told Sister Mary St. Peter, my father's going to punish the human race, not with the element, but with the mouth of revolutionary men. And this was in the 1840s. And this happened right when the Communist Manifesto came out. And Sister had never heard of the Communists. But in her intellectual vision of Jesus, she received this blueprint of how to overcome communism and the revolution that we see at hand. So that's kind of an introduction of the League of St. Martin and the devotion to the Holy Faith. Okay, well, now let's talk about your book, because you kind of laid out uh, sort of the landscape there for us, and 
I think anybody who's paying attention knows that, you know, communists, Freemasons, you know, are definitely uh, very, very serious threats to, to not only the church, but really to the, the, the moral fabric of the world and so forth with some of the things that they embrace and promote. Um, so you've written the book called The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. Father, there are a gazillion devotions out there. Why? What, what drew you to this one? Why is this one, uh, do you feel so powerful? Well, this devotion is for our times, because this devotion was given to us to combat communism and to combat whatever they want to call themselves, the revolution against God. And so uh, one of the characters was Venerable Leo de Pont, who moved to Tours, um, and he really got to listen to Sister Mary St. Peter in these revelations, and he predicted, when he saw the Communist Manifesto, he said, if they get what they want, they're going to lock up our churches and close them, and they're going to enslave the whole world. So we had a dress rehearsal of that a few years ago, of what could really happen if these elites get their way. So this devotion... uh, was given to Sister Mary St. Peter, and Jesus kept telling her, I want this devotion to be approved by the Archbishop. And she presented those two, these revelations to him, but he didn't accept them. He, he, he put them into the archives. But Venerable Leo de Pont kept praying for it to happen, even after Sister Marie de St. Pierre passed away. And it was 40 years later after she passed that one of the bishops, Archbishops, of Tours took out this beautiful revelation, and he read it, and he was convinced, and he he gave it to some theologians, uh, the Benedictines of Salem, and they said, this stuff is wonderful, this is totally theologically and dogmatically correct. So, uh, Verbal Pont influenced the Archbishop to start a confraternity uh, devoted to the Holy Faith. And after they started praying, they went to the Pope, Pope Leo XIII, to ask it to become an arch confraternity, which he gave at an instant, which was something that was unheard of in the court back then in the late 1800s. So this is now an arch confraternity, so it has those canonical foundations that Jesus wanted when he was talking to Sister Mary St. Peter. And the rest of the revelations, I can't get into all of them in this hour, but they're basically a blueprint of how we can become the best Catholics in crossing swords with the communists, because this is a mystical combat. And people always ask me, Father Carney, it's crazy in the world, what can I do? And I didn't know what to tell them. And mm-hmm. so this devotion became part of my life, I gave it to them, and now there's several dozen of chapters of the League of St. Martin that are praying these prayers, specifically as the Archconfidentity asked for them. So, hope that helps a little. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it does. It, to, to combat this, let's go back to these godless forces trying to influence people. How You know, 
there's the subtle ways, the not so subtle ways. Share with us a little bit what, what you know that people are experiencing just because, you know, I, it, I always say it's very, there's, um, you know, knowledge is power in that sense. So if we know what we're up against and how easily it comes into our lives, you know, there's, there's things we can do to stay aware and alert. Father, can you, can you address that? Oh, sure. So as you said, knowledge gives us the power to be peaceful. So a lot of people in my life for just the last three years has been so hard on them because they didn't know what was going on. But this devotion specifically states that God is punishing us with revolutionary men. And he tells us how we can make reparation so he will remove the curse and give us the blessing. So in the Old Testament, this is a constant thing. People would commit sins against the Ten Commandments, and God would curse them. And he would tell them, like in Leviticus 26, if you break my commandments, then I will visit upon you hunger and plagues and um, other curses. But if you follow my commandments, you will have blessings, you will reap what you sow, and, and, and all that. So this is like the New Testament private revelation of how to overcome the enemy. And one of the neatest things is this devotion to the holy face of Jesus calls for reparation, but not only that reverence, to give God the reverence that's due to him, to focus on the top three commandments, that deal directly with God, because the other tablet deals with our neighbor, giving his due, you know, justice. So if we don't get the first three to deal with God right, how can we ever get the last seven. So it's it's just having greater reverence. And that's why I, I promote reverence, and we pray for the spread of the liturgies to be reverent, like the Latin Mass. People are just falling in love with the, the Latin Mass, and we pray for that to happen because it gives God reverence. And when we do that, what we do in the sanctuary determines what happens in the world. So this gives people a lot of peace. It gives them instruction from heaven, a blueprint from heaven, of how to deal with the ills of today, how to overcome communism. Mm-hmm. We're uh, tape today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, not taking your calls, but learning a lot, and I think getting, in a sense, sort of some marching orders going forward to uh, really, really do battle, especially on our knees. As uh, the Bible says, Paul writes, you know, the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And Father uh, Lawrence Carney is with us here. Uh, We're discussing the League of St. Martin and also Father's wonderful book, which uh, we certainly uh, can't end the program, Father, without letting people know how to get a hold of that. In fact, why why don't we do that while we're thinking about it? Is this on all Amazon? Is it on TAN? I mean, is it all the regular places books can be purchased? Yes, it is. TAN is a direct source. So TAN books, just uh, speak the secret of the holy face. You'll be able to find it. It's also on Amazon, too. And people can go to our website, and they can find out more about the League of St. Martin and the book. It's called The League of St. Martin, and the website is uh, www.martinian.org. 
I'm on that website right now. Yeah, martinians.org. Just put in Martin and then an I-A-N-S, martinians.org. Um, hang on, Father. I just got to remind our listeners of something rather important, then we'll get right back to the conversation. EWTN Open Line Mondays, Father John Trujillo provides the answers to all of your Catholic questions. Again, that's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time right here on most of these same EWTN stations. And Father, as I was uh, as I was doing some research for the conversation we're having here, I was looking up different images of the Holy Face, and like with a lot of devotions, there's quite a variety of them. Is there one, any one particular image that you uh, claim is kind of like the official image of this of this uh, devotion to the Holy Face? Gary, that's a good question. So, there's three major images that Jesus left with us. We know for sure the Shroud of Turin, and that deals with the death. Of Jesus. Then there's um, the Vella Monopella, which is in Italy, and some think that that is the napkin that was to cover the face of Jesus when he was buried. And what happened there is it's the resurrection because it shows what supposedly um, is the infrared when he went through that napkin and to rise from the dead, so his face is alive. But our devotion in the League of St. Martin and the Arch Country Holy Face deals not with the death or the resurrection, but it deals with the passion. And so that object of devotion that Jesus left us is nothing other than the sixth station of the cross, the veil of Veronica. Now this veil is actually owned by the Pope, and it was given from Veronica to Pope Clement I, the, the fourth Pope, and right now it's housed in one of the pillars that holds up the cupola of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome on the epistle side of the papal altar. And so there's a devotion where um, this, actually, this veil was taken out in 1849 by the order of Pope Pius IX, and a miracle happened, because the veil doesn't really have the features of the face, it's so old and darkened, and they would put a, a very thin piece of silk on front of it, and a miracle happened. There was a, a light that started to shine behind it that came from the veil, and this blank piece of silk had the features of the face miraculously drawn on it. An artist came up to draw it, and they engraved that and sent copies all over the world, or Europe at the time, in 1849, and they were all touched to this veil, uh, these copies were also touched to the spear of Longitudus and part of the big holy cross. And Verbalita Pong got one of them in his drawing room, and he had a candle, um, actually a oil lamp burning day and night, and people would come to him and ask for cures, and the oil would cure so many people that there were 6,000 certified miracles, according to a reporter. Uh, so doctors signed under oath, affidavits discussing that this was a miracle beyond um, physical explanation. So this is part of the arch confraternity. That's a big that's a big thing about what I think the future holds for the spiritual warriors that want to join the ranks of the arch confraternity of the Holy Faith. And one of them joined in eighteen eighty five, that's Saint Therese of Lisieux who's also known as the Child Jesus, and her second title is And of the Holy Faith. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Well, this is definitely near and dear to my heart, Father, because I love the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. Um, I have for many years, and and it, it, it uh, talk about another spiritual game changer, absolutely. And um, and you bringing in Saint Therese of Lisieux, uh, yes, definitely. So I just made a note, Father. Now I've got a second um, uh, book I've got to buy, and that's and that's the secret of the holy face, the devotion destined to save society. That's your book, Father. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, um, do people, well, I, Jerry knows I'm very, I'm very intuitive in certain areas and I'm just wondering, father, I just feel this strongly. Do people, um, listen to you and come to you for spiritual direction and get to know you? And then do they say to you that you're, you're, it's very interesting. You're kind of like an old soul. You have such a depth about you that I that is is so refreshing. Do people say that to you, Father? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I I used to go to New Orleans and walk around the streets with my rosary crucifix, and there's an owner of a, an Italian restaurant, which I'm part Italian, and okay, she said, okay. "Anytime, anytime you come, sit under Saint Joseph, we'll feed you because you're walking the street saving souls." And, and I got to know her. Her name's Irene, and she she's like in her seventies. And she said, "Father Carney, has anyone ever said you're an old soul, and not <laughs> in a bad way, but you're an old right. soul?" I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense." I love tradition. I love mm-hmm. the the old ways, you know, that we used to have before the revolution happened. Which the revolution, mm-hmm. you know, it's. It's just one of those adversities that God permits so that we can fight and battle for the honor and glory and majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing that battle, we can grow so much in virtue and so much deeper in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're winding down here our conversation with Father Lawrence Carney. He is a Benedictine monastery chaplain. He's a street preacher. He's a missionary. He's done uh, retreats, conferences, so much more. We're talking about so many important things on the show today, especially in the last several minutes here. His book, which is just a, a really, I would encourage everyone to get it. It's called The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save the World and the League of St. Martin. And Father, is, is, there, a, is there a certain... Um, what I want to say, like, you know, if you're an oblate of a certain religious order, you kind of follow that religious order's spiritual routine throughout the day and so forth. Is there anything that the, that the, the League of St. Martin asks people to do, or in your book, you know, the devotion to the Holy Face, is there any kind of way that that's lived out in a practical sense? Yeah, so what we do as a League is we encourage chapters of the League to pop up, and what it is, it, it's two people, so that can even be a husband and a wife that promise to pray the rosary and three prayers from the Arch Attorney Manual, the Holy Faith, once a month for one year. And they need to talk to me before they do that so I can discern and to see if they're a good fit. And the goal is that they get started, and then over time, as they become a going concern, they can become a confraternity by applying to the local ordinary, the bishop of their diocese, writing a, a statute, because uh, that's how this confraternity is set up. So that's a very practical way that people can engage and cross swords with these communists and these revolutionary men and these Freemasons. Not so much going out with spears and guns, 
but like you said, getting on our knees, being the best Catholics we can have, being like St. James, whose knees were like camel knees, because he would kneel so much. So that's one practical way people can do that. And then go to the League of St. Martin and find us, uh, send us an email if they're interested in starting a chapter to pray. Uh, with these powerful prayers. There's so much I could talk about. I wish I had more time. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. definitely going to be in touch, Father. You, Yeah, um, <laughs> this is this is amazing. And and Father, at, we only have a couple minutes left of, of this pre-recorded broadcast and this wonderful discussion that we're having with you, and you're sharing all of this, you know, this wealth of information for all of us to know and learn and, and get stronger in our faith. Um, and it's not because I think you said you're born November 11th, I'm November 9th, and it's not because you said you're half Italian, I'm all Italian. It's really because you're quite quite uh, wonderful in the way you deliver uh, this information. So would you consider coming back for a future broadcast? Absolutely. I'd be honored, Jerry and Debbie. Be honored. Oh, thank you. See, we do this on air, you know, <laughs> on the recording, so that you can't. If you say no, then you know, we, you're we on, won't play spot. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on this. <laughs> I love it, Jerry. Yeah. No, Father Lawrence Carney, we want to thank you so very, very much for being with us, not just today, but thank you for your vocation. Um, You may not have known, I spent six years in formation for the priesthood in the Archdiocese of Portland, Oregon, discerned out at that time, but my my love for the priesthood has remained, and Debbie as well. I I had a ministry that promoted priestly vocations for a number of years, and Debbie was on the board of that, so we are super high and super big on priestly vocations, and so, you know, know, most of all, what we want to thank you for is your yes to God, because you are, as you said, or you use the phrase in persona Christi, you are in persona Christi for us. And so we want to thank you for saying that yes to God and being Jesus and bringing him to us. You are very welcome. My honor. Can we get about a 10 to 15 second blessing, Father? We got the closing music going here. Sure. You, here it is. Dominus Obiscum. Ecum Spiritu. Benedicted in the potentis patris et filii spiritus sanctus super vos et mani et semper. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Again, thank you, Take Two family. Thanks, Ace McKay. Thank you, affiliates, for carrying the program. We are going to be back live with you very, very soon. Until then, we always want to end the show by wishing you a beautiful and blessed day. And as we've been doing for about a year and a half now, we want to ask St. Joseph, please pray for us. God bless you guys. <laughs>